Let's run that back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to Lovecraft Country Review. If y'all only knew what happened on the first take. Uh, Raven's not here. She'd be here for the finale. We're going to go through episodes seven, eight, and nine here. Uh, she's off doing lawyerly things and trying to live a real adult life while we going to review this dope show. <laughs> how y'all fellas been Start, doing? Uh, turn around week? being fuck niggas. Right. How, how, how y'all been feeling about the last couple episodes? <laughs> Man, it's just got crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's been real extra. I, um, it's interesting because, you know, we watched the last three episodes. You know, you have the episode where you follow Hippolyta uh, all through, and then you have the episode when you follow D all through, and then you kind of have, you know, the the last one from when they go back in time with uh, the Oklahoma City bombing. You you're getting these slices of character development that has to pay off right at the in the last. At the season finale because it, it doesn't make sense that you see all these things about these characters unless there's some grand you know scheme to tie it all together and again i haven't read the books i don't necessarily see it yet i have a couple uh, ideas but um I'm, I'm really interested to see what the writers and how the directors kind of, kind of tie all the story together because you have all this information about these characters without any real thing that ties them all together at this point in time Oh, wow. Okay, Ted. Uh, I kind of agree. Um, there was just a lot of unexpected twists and turns, you know. Uh, it lends itself to for us to create our own ideas and narratives of what's about to happen. Um, I like how um, Tick, it, it, you know, Tick has his own destiny. Like, he was kind of pulled into... Um, what was about to happen like so you know we saw up until this point that he was trying to dodge what uh old girl from uh was it korea what she said uh naruto where you know what she had put out there um and for a minute i thought he was going to get away from it because i was like well you know after the uh book of names and all the rest of his stuff like i don't see how he's going to be pulled into her grasp like you know we see her weaving you know, her work around uh, Ruby. Um, but I didn't see how Tick was going to end up sacrificing himself until I saw D, right? And that that was the payoff. Because I was like, what else? Because I, I, at first I thought it was going to be Letty once he found out that she was pregnant. Um, but I was like, but then they flipped it because they gave her, you know, the invincibility uh charm or a scar or whatever it is where she couldn't be hurt so I was like well there goes that so I was like I have absolutely no idea how they're going to pull him into like being in a place where he has to get uh, where he has to sacrifice himself and that D was like the furthest thing to my mind which is probably purposeful because they don't like Scott said like they do so much involved in-depth character development with each character like up until this point because I mean what the last episode is uh, next week, you know, yeah. the finale is next week. All the stuff with D, you know, D happened at the very end, right? Yeah. So there was nothing that, up until this point, there was nothing there leading saying that D was going to be a part of it. Like, I almost thought she was going to be the sister off of Full House. <laughs> you know, the one that just kind of disappeared. Like, yeah. they, you know, they no, was no, like, no, oh, we just don't have a kid. You talking about Family Matters. Family Matters, yeah. <laughs> family Matters. You remember, remember when I made that script for the, uh, the reboot where she had a, a heroin addiction? I think she you know life. what? No, remember, I remember, remember that was one of our most listened to episodes ever. Yeah. When I when I dropped that, and that was all off the cuff, man. They gonna steal that because that's how you bring her back and say she had a heroin addiction. What's funny is it goes back to what we were just saying earlier today with them doing that the whole auntie thing from Fresh Friends of Bel Air. Like it can, it can work now. You know what I mean? That's that's the move. Girl. Call it Judy. Call it Judy. Judy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't use her real name. No, bro. You got to use her porn name. Crave. <laughs> Crave. There it is. Can we at least acknowledge that the most horrifying thing that happened in all of this season was when Tick walked into the room and his next his ex was sitting at the table. Oh, hey. <laughs> Yo, no, 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 no. The first scary part is when he realized that it was possible when he was at the steps. Like when he was walking up, he was like, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he saw her shoes. Yeah. He, her shoes he was like, hold up. 
the best. It would have been better if he walked down the steps, though. Like, he was going to leave or something. No, no, like, they turned around. Like, that would have been, like, a real reaction. <laughs> it was absolutely terrifying. Like, I, I, my, my, heart, my heart dropped. Dude. <laughs> what? No. I was like, what's going to happen? I was like, I was concerned. Hey, that was they, a horror moment. They having a whole conversation about you without you even. Right. That was truly terrifying. And you got to think, this is pre-technology. They probably set that for six hours. They ain't got nothing to do. Right. And then what's even worse was they weren't talking when he walked in. When they walked in, they just looking at each other. Like, so oh. they didn't say everything they supposed to say. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he walked in. He was like, hold on, hold on. What'd she tell you? Before I get my answer, what did she tell you, though? My thing is like, and, and the, uh, going back to what uh, what uh what Scott just said, the fact that they were just sitting there, that means that they were literally waiting for you. They 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 ran out of everything they was gonna say and waiting for you. So it's all on you coming in. All that energy is directed towards you. An absolute nightmare. I <laughs> <laughs> so what what what'd y'all think about? Uh, I guess we can go like to episode six, um, which was the episode with um. Is that, that isn't that the episode with six was six was in Korea? Yeah, right. Oh no no, we need we need to do seven eight nine. I'm sorry, seven episode seven. Go back to seven. Uh, seven. Hippolyta, right? Yeah, Hippolyta. What did y'all think about the futuristic black woman? It's it was it was I had no no clue, bro. Like and like I. Like Scott was saying, like, it's just with that sort of character development, like, basically, I just thought, I was like, yo, they just turned this black woman into a superhero. Yeah. Like, literally, like, she just, she went full Goku, went out, did zero base training or whatever it's called, zero gravity training. Mm -hmm. Like, literally just becoming anything and everything that she wanted to be. You know what I mean? She went, she pledged. You know what I'm saying? She went back. She went back into. She went back into. You know, ancient African pledge with the Dahomey tribe and you know the Homey Amazon, like the whole nine, bro. And I'm you like, know what's crazy is, is that if moving fast forward, we could just talk with Hippolyta for a second. Remember, didn't she say something like, "I was in something that was like 150 years in y'all time"? Yeah, it was like yeah, 200. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she became D's comic book character because she ended up with hair at the end. That's true. Oh. That's very true. Oh, I never thought that's a good observation. That's good. Very I didn't even think about that. I thought she became D's comic book character. But that what messed me up though was that you know, from a timeline standpoint, it would have made sense if D made a comic book character based on the events of her mother. But it's like her mother, having read her daughter's comic book, decided to do the things that the character in the comic book did. Um, I also feel like, you know, I, I mean, I know in this today's climate, I feel like, you know, questioning a woman's decision is is dangerous. But she could have waited just a couple more minutes before she got locked in with those powers before she decided to come back home, right? Like she could have just <laughs> got fully, fully embraced into the society. You, know, where you could just call your name and be that. You know, I'm the Hulk, you know, and then worry about your daughter getting in problems or having trouble. Like you you can solve that problem. I mean, I feel like she should have just went ahead and just, you know, finish that ceremony first, then went back home. And it was interesting, Hippolyta. It's it, it it her backstory gave you so much like background into George, because you basically like George. Basically, everybody is super flawed in this, is mm -hmm. what we're we finding out. George basically was kind of like, yo, you just kind of just stay on this train. We finna get paid. I'm got these books popping. Just stay in position. And she was one to be bigger than that, you know, and one to be more than that. But then at the same time, do, did she fall back on her own, or did George push it? Always one of the things where George has never nurtured what think, she could become. Or, or I, mean, I wouldn't say nurture because that sounds like he was allowing. I mean, more like, like, was pushing, like, well, like, yo, do your thing too. You know, just don't ride on everything on me. I don't know, man. I, I look at it like it's weird, bro, because it plays with so many different ideas at the same time. Um, but it also, it also mixes like past and present and future kind of. So like the idea of a woman being able to do those things back in those times wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't a, a thing. Like people are conforming to however society says that they, like they're assimilated, right? Yeah. To whatever the culture is. So it's hard for me to say 
like it's weird. I don't I don't even want to put that out there. Like it's because I don't want to be like you're falling. It's it's hard to blame somebody because they're conforming to whatever society's going with. Because mm-hmm. in that same notion, you could be like, well, you know, white people was beating black people, and that was okay then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't really blame white people for doing that then. But that's a completely different, you know what I'm saying? That's a different level. But it's hard to say, like, somebody, like, everybody, I, well, I guess the only person that isn't flawed is, like, Hippolyta, right? Because she, she literally just turned into a superhero. <laughs> and Luke became a god. This is, the, this is the worst review to not have a woman on to get her therapy. Right, exactly. Very true, very true. Exactly. But, but it, you know, I, I feel like the whole thing is, you know, is pushed to highlight, at least to me, the strength of black women. I like, agree. This is the, as, as much as I thought it was about tick, it's to me, especially because it's produced and uh, basically written and directed by Misha Green, you know, mm-hmm. it's really highlighting the power and empowering black women, you know, and showing like the struggles, even up till now, like how much still hasn't changed. They're just using tick as a, you know, not even really tick. It's just like a, tick is just more of the dynamic of you know, uh, the the way that men push women to do these things because tick ain't really tick without letty this is true um i, I did have one thing that I, I i like to say or at least add mm-hmm. is i think it's interesting what they decide not to show so and i know we're going to break down each episode to some extent between seven and nine but if you look at what we know today we now saw all this information about hippolyta and we see how much George failed her and his ability to allow her to grow and expand and become more. But then in episode nine, we go back in time and see George's relationship to Tick's mother, who I, whose name I forget, but he had a romantic interest in her and maybe his dad, maybe he's Tick's dad, maybe he's not. But they leave it, they leave out really all the gaps of George's and Hippolyta's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like they have this daughter that we imagine to be both of theirs. And that relationship, how it came together, how they met, how, you know, Montrose becomes married to Tick's mother and, you know, the the creation of Tick, you know, how how it could have happened and transpired, all that's left out. And I feel like it's very intentional for such an obvious plot point not to be discussed in the first nine episodes, but all these other uh, tangential and adjacent plot points being not only showed, but talked to it at length. So I feel like there is something in that story and again i don't know quite what uh but there's something in that story that is critical and and and, and important to the overall story that we've seen this the story arc that we've seen this season now again i've never read the book so i don't know how how much uh this is, is yeah, they went they went all off from the book from what i've read they went totally somewhere else so what ted is saying is is something real to think about it the idea of really the power of black women you know the other thing i thought was interesting which is weird did so uh tick's mom like uh scott was saying i forget her name but her sister was also interested in george right yeah is that true okay yeah yeah i it's so literally the black women are heroes like you so lady grab lady's the one that gets the book mm-hmm. you watch the grandmother that kept the book literally pulls the the buddhist monk you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Catch on flames in front of her. You know, Letty's walking through, you know, bombs being dropped off. The whole thing is being powered by Hippolyta, you know, who's now become, like you said, basically a god. And basically the men are the, like, the only, I don't want to say, it's not redeeming, but the only sort of savior moment out of, the, out of, the, out of that entire part was when which is also weird, you know, playing with this time conundrum. Yeah, we can go in and go go in, go into it. You know, it's when, the door, when yeah. Tick, you know, I don't know if that's like for you know uh, foreshadowing or whatever, but Tick comes and saves his father. That's that. That's you know that's that that's that Terminator shit, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. That's it. I mean, it's crazy. So it's like he's a he's his, he's his father's savior before and after. So so she's been screaming at me off camera this entire time. Go ahead, Shay. Break, so she so, has something to say. Ted, so. everything that you just said is everything I said to Scott. 
started this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The women's empowerment and women being badasses and all power to the women, in which in the last episode, then Hippolyta brings it back. And though she comes back from the future, she's still that badass that's helping them to get back to where they need to get to, to get the book. And then you see all of this stuff with these powerful women doing these amazing things to make sure they have everything that they need. <laughs> Shout out to the, to the missus. To the missus. Hey, is it black women are the future? Yeah. And apparently the past. And, and a celestial. And the celestial. <laughs> like, hey, man. We birthed out the universe. But I want to go into this Terminator uh, aspect, though, because I want to talk about how they was playing with time a lot with everything. So, and, and, and this is something I had to, I, me and Ted have talked about a whole bunch of times, like trying to piece together this timeline to see when Tick could have been born. Right. This is around this time. I'm fig- I, when they were traveling to Chicago, I think it's something happened in between. Because remember, they all ran away together. And he said things happen where things, and then I wonder if Hippolyta has something to do with this in some kind of fashion. Like, what if she, I mean, because, because we know that, um, when we, but see, that's the thing though, because remember, remember originally, didn't they say that um, Montrose went to World War II? I mean, World War, World War I, right? He went to World War I, right? World War I. I don't recall that part, but he could, could have. Yeah, yeah, because, because Tick said, because Tick said, my dad went to military too, and everything. Remember at the beginning, he was talking about how his dad was in the military too. Korea was after World War One and Two, right? And that's right. what that's what. But, that, was. but Tick was in Korea, not not Mancho. right? Oh. So maybe he could have been in World War Two because World War Two ended in forty six. Yeah. Um, but I was just wondering. I was sitting. I was like, if so, like what, like 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 um, uh, Scott just said, like what is this? Is missing small pieces, man? Where it's like. If you can get a couple of these, you can fit it all together. Because I'm like, you're talking about 1921 is the Tulsa riots. But right. so between 1921 and we're assuming Tick is around early 20s, y'all think? 21, 22? I feel like he, they, he's either 18 or 21. So he's somewhere in there. So let even he at the... Ma- and he's already been back from Korea. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If he went at, and Korea was over in 51, 52, we, me and Ted figured out. So let's say he's 20, 55. just to keep it easy, man. 55. Uh, it's 55, it was over? But no. he came back. He's it's 51 now, right? No, I thought episode one said it was 1955. Okay, okay. Riding that bus back. Okay. So let's say he's 20. So that would make him born in 1935. Hold on, actually, we, we have to we look up when Emmett Patil's... Uh, there you go. That's a, There you go. That's a good one right there. That's I think it's I thought it was fifty. Is it so? It might be fifty four. Oh yeah, he, he died. Emmett Till died August twenty eighth, nineteen fifty five. Okay, so, so this is nineteen fifty five. So let's say Tick is twenty. He was born in thirty five. The Tulsa riot is twenty one. Is nineteen twenty one. So there's fourteen years. That what what's going on with that fourteen years of time period? For no no no, that's that's about right because if you think about it, that's when. That's around the age that his dad could have shipped off. Well, when did it, when did World War Two end? World War Two ended like forty six. Okay, so then there's the overlap. Wait, 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 wait. He's thirty. So he was born before he went then, right? Yeah. That's so when did when did it start? Uh, it start. Well, the U.S. didn't get into like till forty two. When did Pearl Harbor happen? Forty one, forty two, or something like that. I thought it was forty one. Yeah, it, but it was it, we was only in it for a few years comparatively. Everybody else it was in it like damn near ten. I'm just thinking of when he would have gotten, like, my guess was that Montrose, Montrose left for the war, and that's when it happened. Or, now that we think about it, and I guess it just depends. No, because you wouldn't see, say a, that. But I'm saying it's a 14-year period between them kicking it and him being born, in theory. Well, them kicking it. Because you're using 21 as the start point. Right. And in 21, they went to prom. So let's say they're 16, 17. So, okay. Nah. Let's start there. So let's start there. So we know it's 1921 yep. when episode nine happens. Yep. And, 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 and this episode nine, not the crappy one, not the crappy Star Wars episode nine. Right. <laughs> so how old do we believe they are at that time? 
They were they I were going thought, to prom, so I'm assuming 15 to 16. I don't th- I don't think I think there was a dance. I don't think it was prom, right? Because they them kids, I I did not place them at 16. I placed them like at like 13, like somewhere between 11 and no, 13. I think, I think it was prom. Let's, let's call it 15. Let's call it 15. Let's, call it 15. let's just say 15. Uh, so it was 1921, and they're 15. Uh, the end of World War II is in 1945. So now they have to be in their mid 30s um, yeah. to go into that war. You know, unless they decide to do World War One, but I don't know. It couldn't be World War One because World War One is nineteen seventeen and nineteen twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, so that's the irony about the Tulsa riots is that they was doing that while we were in World War One. Okay, so yeah, so so now so now we're talking about so basically they go to World War Two uh, as real adults, late twenties, early thirties, come back late early thirties, mid thirties, and then uh, but Tick already has to be born because. Yes. If in 1955 he's coming back from Korea, then he had to be gone. If Montrose went to World War II, I mean, yeah, World War II, he had already been born. So Montrose had to leave while he was there. But the the thing is, they never talk about that gap. They talk about Montrose beating Tick all the time, having, him having a rough life, and him going to see Uncle George. They never talk about a gap in which, well, it was only fine when he was going to the war for all those years, and we were worried about you to set another. So. I, I feel like neither Uncle George or Montrose went to the war. So do you think that, mm, I don't know, it's weird, bro, because I'm like, I almost feel like she was with Montrose. She she figured out that Montrose was who he was. And I just can't, it's weird for me to be like, she oh, did. you're saying that she may have caught him doing something, then went to the comfort of, of uh, of um George. Well, but I feel. Go ahead, Scott. Well, I was just gonna say. So there's there's a couple things about Montrose that is at least uncomfortable. So first off, we look at it. Okay, right. So he says to Tick, his mother knew, uh, Tick's mother knew who Montrose was, and he never cheated on him. So we take that at face value. That's one thing. But again, we're in episode nine. We don't know what the hell was Macho's doing out in Connecticut in the first place. Why was he mad at Uncle George and Ted coming to get him when he was locked in a, 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 a dungeon? <laughs> why did he murder? Why did he murder the hermaphrodite after they found the the the, the, the book of names? Or not the book of names, the, the lost pages. And moreover, why introduce that character just to be killed 10 minutes later? And go give give no context or motivation as to why he made that decision. It's like we don't know. One of the big glaring things about the story is that Montrose is playing this important character that's supposed to be want, want what's best for his family, want to protect his son. But we have no idea what his motivations are because he makes all these decisions that seem pretty strange, like not trusting Christina because she's the daughter of a white supremacist that was trying to sacrifice you to open up the gates of heaven. Seems reasonable, except <laughs> the other person who helped, could help you translate these pages, you just slit her throat or slit their throat for no damn reason or explanation. It's like, well, why are you doing the things you're doing? I wonder, I wonder, and this is just me completely hypothesizing. I know I saw some uh, article pop up about Misha Green saying that she feel like she failed uh, the yeah. hermaphrodite. Yeah, she did. Storyline. Yeah, she did. And I, I didn't read it, but I'm just assuming maybe they cut it. Like that was one of the things they sliced on, you know, on post. Like there's probably a lot more to it, but a piece of me is thinking that Montrose, she she knew what Montrose, you know, who he was, and he was worried about that being leaked, you know, because Tick find out on the back end, right? Like he was coming over to the house and dude dude was up there with old boy from the beginning, but I also feel like. Tick's movement, like he was also trying to grab or figure out the book of names to do what he what he was trying to do in his past episode, which is somehow either revive or visit uh, the kid that got killed, that got shot in the head, like his first love at yeah. the time, right? Because Montrose is the one that has the most understanding, because how did Montrose know that uh, that poem? Do we know? Didn't he no. say his dad made him made him like he, yeah, he did? I think his dad did make him, which is also weird, right? Because that's a weird uh, 
prone to be instilling in your kid. <clears throat> yeah, because I'm, I'm the reason <clears throat> I'm just wondering how long I think I, like and I said this before, I think Hippolyta and Tick's mom have some overlap going on, too. And I think that's part. I think that's the main reason that nobody that they that they that they that they did this whole setup of not letting them know who Tick's father was. Well, that's why I thought that the, the girl that asked about George was Hippolyta at first. That's probably not true. That could be. I mean, that, we don't know that relationship, so you, I, I, mean, I don't know. It, it but that be. would also make her old girl's sister. Yeah, which would be really weird. That's, that's Really cool. weird. But that's, this is Lovecraft. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but the reason why I think that's Hippolyta is because why else, like, what would be the point of her being in the story at that moment? No, I mean you're right. I mean, I mean, there there have to be some things that were subtly introduced that were missing, because the story as a whole doesn't make any sense. And I don't, I refuse to believe that this story told the way it's been told to this point just was happened by happenstance. I have to believe that there was there's an, an overall narrative direction, and that we just we're just missing it. And for I mean, for instance, we spent all of episode six uh, back in Korea understanding that relationship. And then in episode eight, mm -hmm. she shows so, up. She shows up, and it's on, only in the move, only in, in the episode, like three minutes. Like we see her sitting there when uh, when Letty walks in. Um, they have that big blow up. Then Tick says, "Get the hell out of here! I don't ever see you again." And then she's just gone. Like th this is a woman. This is a Naruto woman who flew from Korea <laughs> to <laughs> Chicago in nineteen fifty five and sat. At a BMB in Northside Chicago, waiting for you to get there, and then she just let you go. Ah, oh, get the hell out of here! And she bounced out. Like I feel like she has to show up in episode ten. Oh, she, she most definitely is. You, she you most definitely. Is. My life for episode six. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Because like, what 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 is the purpose of her overall besides letting him know that he's supposed to die? Right. Well, why was she? Well, I don't know. It's really weird. Because she was there to try to get him back, correct? Yeah. And, and try like, to no. save him. And try to save him. Well, she couldn't because she didn't know the dream, right? Like, she couldn't tell how it was going to happen. She just saw him strung up, right? Right. And that was the assumption that he was going to die. So I feel like she's going to place it. She's going to end up sacrificing herself or something like that. Yeah, I mean, she's a mad. I mean, like, why introduce her as a magical creature instead of just, you know, a shaman? Like, she could have just been like a Korean shaman woman, you know? Right. Yeah. The uh, right, the woman that was there <laughs> watching over her be this normal. Yeah, like, like, why, like, why make her a demon fox if that she doesn't have some type of magical power? But again, again, it's another magical person that's in your life, and if you don't trust Christina, seems like better to have that ally. Like, agree. Yeah. Like, like, why not have that ally? Like, since we talk about Christina, let's dive into her, her and Ruby particularly. Hold um, on, before we do yeah, that. Go ahead. My only question is, I she wants to be with Tick, but the other weird part about it is she couldn't be with Tick because she'd kill him. She'd kill him. Not not unless not unless she sleeps with someone else first. No, no, no. Remember right. she said that uh, it would remember he said, Did you sleep with your hundred person? She said, Yeah, it's gonna keep continuing. She said, Remember he's asking me, will it stop? And she said, No. No, I thought I thought she was still at ninety nine, and she refused. Yeah, to I thought Tick was the hundred. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was saying like basically like it's going to continue regardless if I get the hundred or not. That was what the woman said though too. Remember? I missed. That. No, no, no. They. I thought that's what was speculated. I th I thought that was they were. But I thought she said that too to Tick. Like he was like basically like, so are you gonna continue this? And she's like, it's gonna continue forever. I thought she was saying something like that. Let me let me Google and see. Keep going. Yeah. So I was just trying to figure out like she right. She would have to go get this hundredth, this other hundredth person, but at the same time, they still don't know if the curse would break or not, right? So what D's saying could still be true. So she still couldn't have a relationship because anytime she gets physical, she's snatching souls, right? Could you have ever? Could you imagine rooting for some your your your, your girl to cheat on you with somebody else? As well? <laughs> like, you like, be setting them up. You be you be you be putting catching niggas in catch drinks. <laughs> 
you on Tinder trying to like swipe right and left. And <laughs> <laughs> right, no, I think you definitely looking for the where the hoes at, man. <laughs> oh no, I got you, bro. Just come on down to Koreatown. Dang, that's messed up. Like you know, it's it's a whole bunch of cats. Right. I mean, that's why I wanted. That's why I was thinking it was a, a situation where, um, you know, she uh, she's gonna be she's the same over overall all the time. Well, they said that they don't know. To y'all though. Y'all, do y'all remember the real world uh, San Diego? Nah. Vaguely. That's the Asian girl from the real world San Diego. Oh, really? Yeah. If y'all remember her, it was, it was it was the black dude from Morehouse, the little nerdy dude with the glasses. She yeah. was an Asian girl in there. If y'all Google it, that's her from real world San Diego. Wasn't there a dude that like became a wrestler or something? That like was the- on real world uh, um, New York. That's uh, The Miz. The Miz, okay. The Miz. <laughs> and he was doing that character on Real World back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the crazy. He was acting like that. He was like, this is the Miz. That's <laughs> the same character, man. Yes. But so let's go into Christine and um, uh, Ruby, man. Like Christine basically said, yeah, I'm going to kill him. But Ruby don't care, though. Right. That, like, yeah, that's pretty ill, though, is it not? Is well... It's it the is, idea it, that she's willing to sacrifice somebody. Because remember, she's basically going to get another body. Because she says, I always wanted to be a redhead, though. Like, she need to handle that if we're going to get tick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm saying, is it messed up that she's willing, that, she's, that she was as able to process tick's potential death? It is. But given what they've seen at this point in time, it's <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I mean, if... If there's any situation where you're like, yo, some of my friends may not survive this situation, that is definitely it. Like, we're talking about tri- time travel, people switching bodies and races and sexes and, you know, and, and vampire demons coming out the ground eating cops and, you know, protection spells to stop you from... Like, it's like, I mean, in those, those are times, like, yo, this, everybody may not survive this. Like, <laughs> it just it is what it is. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, but I think she's doing it for benefit, though, not necessarily because, oh, we in the middle of all this different stuff. If I'm going to lose my people, I definitely better benefit out of it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. I think that's a, I think that's a, a, there's an assumption that that they are people, right? Like, Ruby doesn't really have that much interaction with Tick. It's all Letty, right? And so their relationship is, is by proxy. So even outside of that, you know, when they had that conversation, like, you got to think about it. The last time she had a conversation with Letty, she was basically dogging Tick. She was yeah. saying, like, you were over here chasing him, doing all these crazy ideas or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, don't let that get you killed or hurt or whatever, which is how they ended up having the conversation, how she's even messing with Christina in the first place. Because she was like, oh, I got, you know, this, uh, what was it, the curse or whatever, to, the, the protection spell on me. Right. And... They started having a conversation about like um, something needed. Oh, to save D, and she was like, "Yeah, Christina, listen to me, right?" So, are they in a relationship? I feel like they are. Yeah, I definitely feel like they. There's no dude. <laughs> this white woman put herself through yes, Emmett's <laughs> death. <laughs> Yeah. If she not trying to ride for Ruby, I don't know what other what other reason there is for, for you to do that. Yeah, she she she's de- definitely done more for that relationship than I've done for any relationship. I've done. <laughs> 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 don't keep it on it. I'm gonna keep it a buck here. <laughs> hey, 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 my, hey, my wife could definitely be like, well, you don't know what it's like to be pregnant. I'm not finna go find out. I'm gonna just trust you. I'm like, you right? Whatever yeah. you say, hurts, that's right? that's real. So hold on. I mean, and the thing that was horrific about the Christine, think about that was really what happened in Matil. And I, I don't think anybody's ever visualized it like that, where you could see it. Oh, I thought that was the whole purpose. Like, yeah. almost the whole purpose of the episode was for it to, because that was the other, wasn't that, uh, that was in Matil, right, where the mom, her, his mom was like, leave the casket open so they could see. Yes, yes. What he did. That's so why people are coming out, that's why people are coming out throwing up uh, right. um, at the exactly. um, funeral. So they just took it a step further. It was like, yeah, let's show you how this happens. And we also got to see why the sheriff looked the way that he did. Because he's taking people's body parts. Yeah. That's sick fuck. <laughs> but because remember when he took his shirt off at the first with the dude in the uh, closet, I guess they he just looked like the body same parts, right? on the shoulders. 
Yeah, but they so they using that guy's yeah. parts, right? That white guy in the closet at first that we was trying to that. Yeah. That was that's his parts they were using. They were using his parts, I think, for the sheriff, along with the black people, all kind of people. I think he was like a mix match, like a Frankenstein mismatch of parts. Yeah, I'm glad he got it. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's going back. So basically, that talisman she, that Ruby put in there stops him from doing his healing factor. Oh, really? That's what, that's what she put in to have him put in his drawer, was that talisman. He can't, every time he tries to heal himself, it just regenerates even worse. Oh. Yeah, he was like, oh, Kirk, she was like, I got to watch you die a thousand times right. or whatever. Or regenerate a thousand times, but nothing's been as good as this or whatever. Like, Christine is real diabolical, man, because I think she taught Tick that um, spell because she knew that he was going to have a, a situation with that sheriff to try to kill him because she wanted him dead anyway. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, she definitely... She definitely, she definitely is playing by a different set of rules than everybody else. I mean, well, she also said that she's been planning this to the T for, you know, a long time. So none of these, like, it's almost like all of this is orchestrated. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even surprise me if she messed around and wrote the book that Tick jumped back the portal with. Can, 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 I, can I talk about that for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, sir. So, okay. I'm a Doctor Who fan. I love Terminators. I'm here for some time travel. But the paradox that they created is baffling. It's <laughs> <laughs> baffling. Like, I, I, there's, there's something else that has to happen because there, at, at one point in time in that show, Christina, not Christina, Letty is there pregnant with Tick's son. Mm -hmm. Also there with both potential Tick's fathers. Uh, even though, even before they created Tick in that moment, but Tick is there to save either one of his potential father's lives at the same time. And the question becomes: Well, if if Tick was if Tick had did the bat swing by that iteration of his father, then Letty would have came back and brought the book of names back. So something has to happen between the time they come back that resolves this year and also destroys the book of names because otherwise Letty, if the book of names is not destroyed by whenever that, that resolution is, they should have had the book of names already because at least one time before, Tick went back in time with Letty and Montrose. To, to you mess it, see, you, you, you're on the, the Reese theorem, uh, doesn't go here. Reese is still his father because he sent his own father back in time. If you just don't try to do nothing with it, just, no, no, no. So it's <laughs> just let it be. Maybe it's it, maybe it's just you know timelines converging or like you know what they say like you you change one thing and butterfly effect, baby. Yeah, like the time the timeline changes. So mm -hmm. I I totally understand what you're saying, Scott. And it's weird because it's like there's never a first time. Like it's it's a constant feedback loop. Right, but tick so, not, the tick hasn't been. Tick at that point, let's just say they're fifteen. Tick mm -hmm. hasn't the, the 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 sperm that eventually will become Tick hasn't right. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet, right? But he's but he's already back. But I think I don't know. Maybe it's just again we're talking portals. So I just wonder if it's different timelines. Like if it's a different Tick constantly coming through and setting that in motion because like how how Hippolyta was being being able to go back and kick it with the homies and then go to the future and be in Paris and all the rest of that stuff. So you're I saying different worlds. You're saying different worlds are different timelines. I was thinking different timelines. I mean, it, I mean, she's a space traveler, so it can also be different worlds, different dimensions. Yeah, I mean, her and George are a literal different planet. Like, that was no version of Earth. That was just something else. I mean, or you could look she at like this. She did say like, that, though, right? I'm sorry, what now? She, she did say that, though. She well, yeah, she, different worlds, yeah. yeah. What she said was a little weird. What she said is she went to Earth 90509 or whatever like right, that right. for about 200 years. But what we see is we don't know whether or not the Josephine Baker world was our world back in time. We don't know. I mean, that... That, um, that, that could be world 602. <laughs> that colonized world with like the African warrior principle. Mm -hmm. Like that didn't look like any version of Earth. It wasn't. No. That, no. That, that's... 
it's a piece of me. I'm still going back to my original theory that all this shit's happening in in it takes my head, <laughs> right? Because that was the other part about it. That's a good call, Scott. Because the 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 homies. I really was that in the syllabus. Yeah, Those, the, hom- that, the homie that, tribe. The homie tribe. The homie tribe. They didn't fight off Confederates. No, that never happened. No, they were fighting off like what the build of the uh the the Dutch and stuff. The Dutch, right? Exactly. So that's my point. But in the storyline, they were fighting Confederates. Yeah, and that's not so, even. And then, so it's not it's right. And then, so they, and then after her and her and George went to be, she named herself a, a, a explorer. They went to a different planet with different types of vegetation and animals and creatures on there. If that wasn't, that couldn't have been any form of Earth, could it? Right. Or. Yeah. Maybe it was. It's it just one in the distant future. Like, you know. I mean, but there's also the way you could look at it as well that, um, that like when they, we did with the time loop, I know in Terminator they explain the time loop, like, well, at least they try to explain the time loop, is that th- that, that character is, ha- knows that this is happening. So John Connor in this situation knows he has to send his father back for him to exist. But then, there, then there's theories that basically John Connor, when he sent his dad back the very first time, because it becomes a loop, it becomes a loop, right? Right. That he knew that he wasn't originally by that person, but he needed that person to be sent back. But he knew that that person was going to be, end up becoming his father. If that makes sense. He was creating the first. He created the, first the time. Group. He created the first time loop. That right. first time loop when he sent Reese back originally. Right, but here's the difference, though. That, and what Scott's saying is that. It's kind of like, perfect example, it's, it's uh, Back to the Future, right? Mm-hmm. If you go back and you see yourself there, then you're not the, the present version of yourself because it's already happened, right? Mm-hmm. So it's different when, well, no, time out. No, because you got to think, remember in, Term- in Terminator 2, I believe all that stuff start happening like a new timeline was created with with Reese being John Connor's new father. And I'm okay with I'm okay with divergent time. You see what I'm saying? So like all right, that right. timeline no, got that's, changed. That's it. but that's what Scott's saying. He's like it's not it's still the same timeline. He's like the the timeline never changed. But we don't There's know still- the timeline has changed. As my, the, I'm going I'm going to what Scott's saying. Maybe maybe Letty wasn't there getting the book before. That's another divergent of the timeline. But she had to be because. The reason to go back in time is, is to, to get the book. Right. He's there to save Montrose and Uncle George's life. No one's there to get the book. What if Letty's not there and it's only them two and they don't get to get the book on one of those? So they don't get the book, then they all die. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, my whole thing is maybe there's certain things that happen in this present where uh, uh, D never gets the, uh, caught up with the police. All those different things happen, but they still go in time to try to get this book, regardless. Well, no, no, no. I, I agree. I agree. They're 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 going to use some narrative trick to get out of it. But I'm saying today, what okay. We have, <laughs> you say as of right now, as of right now, right now, we got a paradox that I'm keeping track of, and I'm expecting you to give me some explanation here. You know, something fishy going on right here, and that's all I'm saying for today. But I think you might be right though. Uh, that I think that's the first time. But I think the first time because Montrose has already been saved. By right, the- that's what I'm saying. It's stuck in that loop. It's it's the it's the loop of the first time. But he so but like, he also sees that vision at the beginning when he's dreaming. It's Jackie Robinson when he says, "Got you, kid." That's Jackie Robinson at the beginning. Right, right, right. What I'm saying is, but that's that that also came from his uncle telling him that story. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. he had told him that story before. That's how he knew. That he said, "Gotcha, kid." But here's the here's the part that I'm saying is different. He arrives and doesn't see himself swinging the bat. He has to go do it. You see what I'm saying? So like, oh, because because that means there would be another person in another loop doing it already. If it, if it already happened, he would have seen himself over there swinging. So he his the the version that went back is the one that we saw would be with Montrose sitting at that corner. So he's in the watching. present the past at the same time because exactly. that's it's a memory on. that his dad has because they did this coming up soon. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. But that's the that, that's what and but but that's the paradox, right? Because that while let's, okay, well let's just say we accept that's the first time it happened. But it always had to happen 
now we're now 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 we move into a thing that they don't have free will. This is destiny. Yep. And now we move from them making decisions to destiny because if he does not do it, if it always had to happen, then his father dies that day. Mm-hmm. He's never born. And his, his his son is never born. Well, you nailed it. You nailed it. Because that also explains the situation with the girl in Korea. Right? Because mm-hmm. de- there's nothing that he can do to defy it. It's still a part of destiny. Yeah. Regardless of what happens. That means he has to die then, right? He's destined to die. Well, so here's the thing. I don't... I wonder if that was just a speculation because she didn't see the full dream out entirely. Cause you know, he asked like, how does it happen? He's like, None. I just saw you, you know, sprawled out. So that could just be assumption that he's dying. Like he could be getting drained okay. or he does die, but we dealing with witchcraft. People can come back to life. I.e. Letty. Yeah. Well, last thing before we get out of here, what y'all think about the, uh, the, the, Topsy twins. Phenomenal. <laughs> that was scary, dog. It was, it was a little freaky. It was. And it was and it's crazy because you know they, they had those real dolls and those real things. And did y'all trip off of the kids playing the uh the uh, jump rope and they was basically kind of singing the Freddy song, but like a like a 50s version of it? Mm-hmm. Like about Topsy. Is that what it was? Those Is are the that what they were singing the top the Topsy song, yeah. Can we mention how small Letty was walking back to uh get to hit the ladder portal? I I definitely thought that was the most time use of slow motion that I've seen. She was not in a hurry at all. She was like, "I'm good, whatever." <laughs> let me let me show these niggas how you actually walk through fire, nigga. This this is this is how this works. What what the real heroes don't look behind them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool people don't look at the plan, don't look at the blast. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna come back next week with the finale and talk about what's potentially happening for the future. Maybe this is only one season, like Watchmen. I don't know. I would be kind of dope if it was an anthology series and they went to the 80s. I hope so. With, well, the, with, the, fa- with the father, I mean, with the son. Even if, they do, if they do t- kill Tick. Were the Thompson twins supposed to be generational curses? Ooh. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I haven't thought about that. I thought it was a thing of like black girls always going through pain. And, it, and like when you were saying they're going through something and it's like unseen, everybody was like, I don't see what you're talking about. And you're like, no, dude, I'm going through this. You don't see what's happening. Mm. Oh, we need, we, uh, we need, we need the wife back real quick. <laughs> I think she left the room. That's what happens. Uh, I don't know. I thought I, the only reason why I made me think about it was it was something that she couldn't outrun. Right? She yeah. couldn't beat it. She couldn't outrun it. And, and nobody and else could see it. That's the thing. Nobody else could see it. Nobody else could see it, but it was also put on her by white people. Okay. Ask your question again. Let's get, let's get a woman's input okay. on it. Uh, well, well, my statement was, uh, Shay, that. Um, that the Topsy twins were basically showing the pain and struggle that black women go through or black children go through that are unseen. Like, people can't see it, but they're getting scarred, they're getting hurt, but no one can see it and feel it. What you got today? I can see that. (laughs) D-Fry. No, I can totally see that because their whole purpose was to inflict pain and suffering on someone else. Right. So, Shay, I told him that I thought that the Topsy Twins represented generational curses placed on black women by white people. Because they were chasing, she could not run it, she couldn't beat it. And once she was touched, she was afflicted with it and became. And, then, and, and a black man held it down for it to happen. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> ah, okay, I'm going with Ted then. I see it, I, I, I'm more with that point of view. I didn't think about it that way, but you know, definitely, yeah, I'm with that. <laughs> I'm with. I, I can totally see that because it's like, but the whole thing is, it's like it's somebody haunting you, and you know that they're coming for you, but there's nothing that you can do about it. So then, how do you? escape this or who do you need to go to to escape this and in her situation she's just like hell i'm gonna try to fight them on my own which she wasn't able to do 
Yeah. Which is also weird now that you say that. Because she becomes she a generational curse because she's a topsy now? You said what? Is, is she become a generational curse because she's a topsy now, turning into I a topsy? Think, well, she's falling afflicted to it, but I'm thinking, like, wasn't there a moment where she was running, like, when they when Ruby went to go get uh, Christina, and Christina was basically saying something along the lines, like, had they gotten to her sooner? Right. Yeah. Then it would have happened. So does it since it was put on them by a white person, is it that only white people can take it off since it's a generational curse? Well, no, and the guy dead is dead. That's why they need to get sooner. Right, because right. They had to go get the sheriff. And then you should like, oh, he dying. And then remember, right, that's right. the messed up part about Christine, cause she could have maybe pulled kept him from not 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 dying though to get the curse. She wanted to kill him. That right. Day. But that's my but that's my point in social commentary that white people are afflicting black people and only white people can remove them because they're the ones that are doing it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Social point. Yeah. Uh, is, is there anything to her that the the threat that face black women or black girls uh, isn't seen by everyone? Yeah, yeah I, that's what D was saying. I, yeah. I thought that was also real. That's the that's the uh, what do they call it? The microaggressions and all the rest mm -hmm. of the stuff that people point out that you know that the we get the gaslighting. The angry black woman and angry black girl and not knowing understanding <laughs> what they're going through. Yeah, it's like nobody sees our pain in that. Like, we're the only ones that can see it. I mean, it's like the shit that's going on in the world today. We know what's happening in our communities. We know, you know, who's getting shot and who's getting locked up. But in everybody else's mind, it's like, that's not our issue. That's your issue. But more so now, we're seeing that there are more people getting involved with seeing it's more of a, you know, an issue for everybody rather than people who are just the color of our skin. Dee, I also think you nailed it too, though, now I think about it, because as she's turning into these things, mm -hmm. like, like she becomes, so those things that she was out trying to run or trying to outrun, stereotypes, the, you know, the black, this, this, and that, and she ends up becoming that, even though she's trying not to in the eyes of everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. So she's being gaslighted by white people saying and becoming, hey, and becoming a stereotype that they're trying to run from. Right, right. Trying to get away from it, you still end up being it regardless. Dang. Yeah. That's deep right there. Yeah, well, we're gonna wrap it up right there. That's a good way to wrap it up right there. We'll be back next week with the finale episode and uh talking about what's going on in the future with the show. So thank you. Watching this Janelle Monet concert. When is that? Then when is that? They said it's for the finale. It's like a virtual reality concert she's doing for the finale. I'm mad about this. Yeah. I wouldn't hit, but I'll check it out. Yeah, definitely. I'll check it out. All right, everybody. We'll be see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.